Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, is where we'll find our final God question. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, beginning with verse 1. This question is a question about stick-to-itiveness. Stick-to-itiveness. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, and here's the final God question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Let's pray. Lord, should you come tonight, or should you come any night in which any of us who are in this room live, may you find in us faith, a faith that sticks to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is a strange passage of Scripture. Uh, It's one in which Jesus tells a parable. A parable is a story that is set alongside a truth in order to illuminate that truth. A parastory, a parable. And Luke does us a favor in this particular passage. He tells us the purpose for the telling of of the parable or the story. He says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And then he has Jesus telling the story. It's an unusual story. It's a story about a judge in a certain town who was kind of a a scoundrel. He didn't care anything about God, and he didn't care anything about what people thought. Um, And yet, he had this woman who had an enemy, an adversary, and she felt that she had been dealt with unjustly by the adversary. We don't know exactly what the adversary had done. But she comes to this judge, and she says, I need for you to... Do something to my adversary. I need for you to pronounce justice to correct 
the injustice that has been committed against me by my enemy. And the judge said no. And so she came back with the same request over and over again and over and over again. The judge would say no. And it got to the point where she became a nuisance to the judge. It was in a town where there was no statute of limitations. It was a town in which uh, it wasn't possible for there to be a maximum number of times you could come before the judge. In fact, there was no limit, evidently, to the number of times you could come before the same judge with the same plea. And so she came, evidently, quite often before the judge. And it got to the point where he decided to give her what she wanted. Not because... He cared anything about God and not because he cared anything about what people thought about him and not because he cared anything about justice. He only did it, according to Jesus' story, to get this woman off of his back. He said, I will will give her what she wants so that she will stop coming to me all the time to the point of attacking me. Luke says, has Jesus saying, in this story. Now, that's not that unusual of a story. What makes it unusual is what Jesus then does with the story. Because what, as he's telling this story, his hearers, and perhaps you and me until we read the rest of it, the application of the story, what we don't realize is that Jesus is taking this scoundrel of a judge and he's saying God is kind of like him. God is kind of like this scoundrel of a judge in in, in a certain way. Because he goes on to say in verse 6, he says, And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice? The the, uh, implication here, will not God also, just like this unjust judge, bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. Now, this makes the story very unusual because the story seems to suggest that God needs badgering. Is God a God who needs to be badgered? The story seems to suggest that he is. In fact, Jesus makes a connection, a very clear connection that no one could refute. He makes a connection between this judge who's a scoundrel who uh, finally gives this woman what she wants after many times her coming to him, and he only does it in order to get her off his back. And Jesus makes a connection between this judge and God. Will not God also respond to his chosen ones? Does God wish to be badgered. This story seems to suggest that he is. Real life sometimes suggests that he does. Oh, don't look at me like I have committed a heresy up here, ladies and gentlemen. Don't tell me that there haven't been times when there was something near and dear to your heart and you prayed for it 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 and you you never got it. There are times when it seems in life that our God is a God who wishes to be badgered. 
There are times when it appears that God is a God who has to be badgered in order for us to get sometimes what we pray for. And even then, there are times when he won't be like this judge. He won't give in to us. But is that really the way God is? Is that what this story is trying to tell us, that God is a God who who needs to be badgered? Is that Even though there are times when we pray for things that we don't get, does that mean that God is a God who desires to be badgered, harassed? Do we have to become a nuisance to God in order to get what we pray for? I don't think that's what Jesus meant. You see, there are some times when Jesus tells stories, parables, And he doesn't want us to pick it apart to make out like every single part of the parable represents this and every other part represents that. It's just the the message as a whole. It's not so much that, that God needs to be badgered as it is that God wants us to come to him. And what the real meaning of the story is, is that if we won't give up, God is a God who will give us what we need. And and that's a a second very important point that I think we find in this story, that God comes to our need at the right time and in the right way. My problem is, he doesn't often want to come at my time. And he doesn't often want to do things my way. And it, it seems like, although this is just a perception and probably not reality, that he doesn't always want to give me what I want. If I were to actually keep a scorecard, I might find that he gives me what I want more often than I even realize that he gives me what I want. But the fact of the matter is, not everything about this unjust judge is Jesus saying, God is like, God is not like every aspect of this unjust judge. God is not a scoundrel. God is not someone who doesn't care about justice like this judge. God is not someone who doesn't care about what people think or what we do, or he's not someone who doesn't care about us at all like this unjust judge. But what Jesus is saying is that just as this woman kept coming to this judge and kept asking and kept pleading and kept begging in that same way, he says, we should never give up. When things get hopeless, when it seems like adversaries are on the rise, we should should remember that God is not a God who wants to be badgered or needs to be badgered or desires to be badgered. God is a God who wants to meet us at our point of need and he wants to meet us at just the right time in just the right way with just the right rescue. That's what Jesus is saying. And so the final point that I want to make is really the main point of the story, according to Luke. And it's this, God is looking for people who stay the course. God is looking for people who refuse to give up. Now, I don't know about you. I needed that. I needed that. I needed to hear again that God is looking for people who stay the course, who refuse 
to give up. I'm reminded as I was studying this passage what a major theme that is in Scripture, that we be people. He's talking to Christians now, that we be people who stay the course. For instance, the Apostle Paul believed in it in his uh, in chapter 6 of his letter to the churches of Galatia. And mind you, this was a letter to multiple churches, not just one church. He says this in uh, chapter 6, verse, uh, verse number 9. He says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Paul recognized this, this gargantuan theme in Scripture that God is looking for people who won't give up, that God is looking for people who stay the course. The Apostle John knew that as well. In uh, Revelation chapters 2 and 3, you will recall that through John, our Lord dictates seven letters to seven struggling churches. And I'm not going through each of these seven letters, except I want you to see something that is at the end of all seven of the letters. The first letter is the church at Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2. And in Revelation chapter 2, verse 7, he says, Now he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And here it is. To him who overcomes. I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Did you hear that? To him who overcomes. You know what an overcomer is? An overcomer is someone who stays the course in the face of the most impossible or seemingly impossible struggle. But he didn't only say it to the church at Ephesus. To the church at Smyrna, again in Revelation chapter 2. Verse 11, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes will not be hurt at all by the second death. So he says it again. Who are those folks? They're the folks, the folks who stay the course. Chapter, Revelation chapter 2, um, beginning with verse 17, to the church at Pergamum. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna. And I will also give him a white stone with a new name written on it. In chapter 2, verse 26, speaking to the church at Thyatira. To him who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. In chapter 3, in chapter 3, beginning with verse 4 and moving into verse 5, to the church at Sardis, you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes. They will walk with me dressed in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out his name from the book of life. To the church at Philadelphia, in chapter 3, Beginning with verse 11 and going into verse 12, he says, I'm coming soon, so hold on to what you have. In other words, stay the course so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem. Even to the final church, the church at Laodicea that was lukewarm, so lukewarm that the Lord said, you make me want to spit you out of my mouth. 
He says to them in chapter 3, verse 21, To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. God is looking for people who will not give up. And God is looking for people who will who refuse to stop praying. And God is looking for people who will stay the course. And God is looking for people who will not grow weary in the work of doing good, knowing that in due time they will reap if they do not faint away. And God is looking, even in churches that are struggling, like the seven churches of Asia, he's looking for people who he can put on their foreheads. You are an overcomer. You stayed the course. That's what this weird story is about. That's what this weird message is about. That's what this question is about. When, when the Son of Man comes back to earth, will he find faith on the earth? Well, it really depends if it comes on Sunday night or not, I think. No. He might find fewer faith on Sunday night, but he's going to find some. Because you're overcomers. God's calling you to be an overcomer. You don't know what some of my struggles are. Some of the struggles I have, I couldn't tell you. You have struggles that nobody else in this building knows about. Never, ever, ever give up. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, if there's one thing that we know, we know that you are faithful. And though you may not answer us in a prayer the moment we pray it, and though you may not give us what we want or give it to us when we'd like it, or even in the way we'd like it. We know that being an all-wise, all-knowing, all-powerful God, you will give us what we need, when we need it, and how we need it. And it'll be perfect. Lord, in the meantime, while we're between the starting of a struggle and your intervention in that struggle, while we're in the meantime, help us not to give up. Even if it may look like we're a nuisance to you, help us never, ever, ever to give up. And should you come back while we're still traipsing on this ground called earth, may you find faith in us. In Jesus' name, amen.